Hello everyone, it's Saturday, October 28th. Welcome to Pop Goes the Girls, where we, two sisters born a decade apart, take a foray through our respective journeys through pop culture. I'm Daisy Kosh. And I'm Chelsea Davidson. This episode is not sponsored by the Sweet Shop. The Sweet Shop? Just Sweet Shop. Yeah. The Dollarama kind of <laughs> gummy bears, because we are talking about our favorite Canadian teddy bear with the last name that just says it all. John Candy. Just as sweet as could be. Yeah. Uh, now is actually the perfect time to tell you that we spoil things during our podcast, so leave now or forever prepare for pop culture spoilers. Each week we talk about pop culture artifacts that shaped us and why they're memorable to us. We also have a fan theory fight club where we argue the merits or detriments of some of the fan theories surrounding interpreting different pop culture items. And lastly, we'll play a quick round of Twist the Sister where one of us loves something that the other hates, and we'll open it up to a poll for you, our lovely listeners, to decide which sister is right. How can you hate John Candy, though? They're like, you can't hate John Candy. In what universe does someone hate John Candy? You're the sister that hates this week, and I'm uh, the sister hold that on. twists. I didn't say I hated anything. You have to twist me, because I saw a movie when oh. I was, like, five, I can't stand and I felt very black. It's leaving a bad taste in my mouth. i got to put a gummy bear in there. Yeah, the Dollarama con <laughs> that you're trying to talk shit about, but... Gummy bears. I'm not talking you know shit about Dollarama. Do you know, you know how Dollarama are very tight? Do you know how expensive gummy bears are if you don't buy them from Dollarama? Like, Extremely. I'm chilling at Walmart and they want to charge me five bucks for a tiny bag. My question Kiss is my why ass. I will go next door. Why are you chilling at Walmart? Is the real question. Because it's like a, it's like Disney World of like department stores. Okay. All right. And well, you get groceries. Anyway, how are we not sponsored by some of these crazy outlandish statements you you made about things? Everyone okay. I know knows I love Walmart. So, John Candy. Yes. Canadian legend. Mm-hmm. Late, great legend. Really, really impacted me as a kid. Um, but let's start off by talking about what I wanted to talk about at Thanksgiving a couple weeks back, but we didn't. Instead, we waited for this moment. And, it, and, it's, and it's worth the wait. We're going to talk about planes, trains, and automobiles. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me, because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. So, when did you watch Planes, planes Trains, and Automobiles? I'm just going to call it Planes. I watched it when I was really say. little, and I didn't really remember it. And then you bought the special edition or whatever of it. The Blu-ray, yeah. And you made me watch it again. But granted, I was really tired that night, so it's kind of in and out. Um. So what you're saying is it, it didn't leave as much of an impact on you. No. Um, the, the movie itself kind of just reminds you of what it's like to have, like, um, relationships in the sense of, there's relationships you have, people say it a lot with family relationships, that you love someone, but you also don't necessarily like them. Like, it's one of those things where you're annoyed by a person, Mm -hmm. but you love them all the same. And that's what I kind of got between Steve Martin's character and John Candy's. Well, he kind of gets thrown with this guy, though. Like, yeah, he they has get no thrown together. To, he has no reason to love this person. Though. Yeah, they get thrown together. And 
from the get-go, he basically hates his guts. He's so annoyed by him. But by the end of it, it's yeah. like he's family, and it's really sweet. And that's the thing that kind of stuck with me. It's bittersweet. You don't, I cry at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But... It's, it's something. One of my favorite parts of it it's is... It's a slow realization for, for Steve Martin's character. Mm. Sorry, go on. One of my favorite uh, parts of it, actually, is the one that people tend to talk about often, is when he, like, verbally abuses <laughs> the, um... I want the fucking car. Yeah. I want it in the fucking spot. <laughs> And I want it fucking now. That that moment? Yeah. Yeah. The 25 minute F word <laughs> rant. Um, yeah. It cracks me up every time I see it because Steve Martin, one of my favorite things Steve Martin ever did was when he did SNL at the Christmas episode when he sits there and he very straight faced says, if I had one wish, it would be for all the children of the world to hold hands and sing in harmony. And then he goes, if... Actually, hold on. And then, like, he starts putting all of these other wishes, you know, yeah. revenge against my enemies. and Yeah, it's a great SNL And moment. a one-month-long orgasm and shit like this. And he says it all with a straight face, but he doesn't do a and, lot of and swearing. Also, and also... And, of course, the, the kids, the kids, we'll that's peace, important. We'll peace and They'll hold hands yeah. and sing together in harmony and the world will be happy, yeah. yeah. But still, it's and important. Also, you have to get the revenge against my enemies, then the money. No, I want the money first. And it quickly turns into that. They play it... In Canada, they play it every year around Christmas time. They do an SNL kind of mashup of all of their favorite clips. I've always seen Steve Martin as a person who doesn't swear, but is still can be very vulgar. Yeah. So having him stand there and just say every other word is the F word was kind of shocking to me. But it's the way that when mom swears, it was shocking to us that it would make us laugh. That I just sit there and I laugh hysterically as Steve and Martin, like Steve Martin, verbally abuses. Yeah, isn't she? Isn't she? It's Edie McClurg, the the car rental agent. So funny. He's just so frustrated. He just wants to rent a car. Yeah, he's lost his shit, and he loses on Edie McClurg, who everybody really (laughs) knows, but doesn't know who that is. And and like he goes through this whole rant, and then finally she goes, "Oh boy," goes, "Oh boy, what?" (laughs) She delivers the best line after this twenty-five minute. I want this fucking thing right now, fucking now. (laughs) She turns around. She goes, "Well, oh boy." boy what you're fucked and she just yeah. says it back at him and it's just <laughs> it, it, it it's shocking and just to see her because she's so she plays like such a nice, nice isn't she he's in nice, Ferris, like, Bueller? Ferris Bueller yeah he's a righteous yeah. dude she's very she's very Chicagoan you know yeah yeah, yeah. she's got that sound I think she's knitting a, a scarf or a sweater or something before she delivers the F-bomb to Steve Martin in that scene. She's, like, so playing the role of just nice, nice, nice. Yeah. It's so great. Like, she would have crocheted him a sweater had he not swore at her. Like, that's that's the kind of person she seems to be until he does this, and then she's like, bye. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, that, it's I a, also... It's a classic scene for a reason. And um, it's, the really sad part about it is that, like, this plays every year because it's a Thanksgiving movie and it ends up on TV and people yeah. watch it. That scene is clearly cut or censored every time. And it's such a shame because it's such a great scene. Yeah. You have to watch it. It's it's one of my favorite scenes from it. Yeah. I remember that. I, I could forget the rest of the movie if I'm being entirely honest. I, I will remember that forever. I love the fire scene when the car is on fire. Yeah. And, and like... It's I'm kind of remembering it now, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I... It's a great movie. It's it's just basically I'll be home for Christmas as as a concept, only it's I'll be home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. By whatever means necessary, and I also have this 
guy tagging along with me. Yeah, and... Um, He's causing chaos. I also like uh, that John Candy, as as everyone knows, if they've seen him or, like, met him in real life, they all describe him as, like, a teddy bear, right? Which is yeah. why we had he gummy bears. He was best friends with my special education teacher. Aw. Yeah. Do you remember Mr... Uh, I, I, maybe I shouldn't say it out loud. I did it with my biology teacher weeks ago. You, Go mean, to town. you mean what I cut out? What I edited oh. out? Yeah, that would be that would be a, a very strategic move <laughs> on my part. Don't say your teacher's name again. Why? Oh, here we go. This is how. I, you remember Mr. O? Remember Mr. O? We didn't have a Mr. O. Oh, did he? Did he retire before? Oh, that's probably. Yeah, I think he retired. He was best friends with John Candy. I thought you were going to talk about Mr. Even, B. He's even on. Mr. The, B seems like he would have been. He's on the heritage. Canada things that they play when they talk about like great Canadian actors. Yeah, he's on there, and they talk about it. And Mr. O is on it. He was recording because that was his best friend. Aww. Yeah, exactly. That's um, what I think too. But yeah, so John Candy. The what I wanted to say about this was his role in it. He's just as charming as he ever is. Like him being the way he is, you wouldn't think that he'd like get on his nerves as much as he does. But it's more like. He's already mad. But Del Griffith he doesn't need this. Del Griffith is like he's just the catalyst for an already like frayed psyche. He's already losing his shit. If nothing yeah. else happened, he'd still be losing his shit. He's Steve Martining it all the way up to the to to the very end, and it, it's just it's like he, the way he loses his shit in Father of the Bride. It's the same concept. It's just he no, he doesn't have a Del Griffith poking at him. I, I yeah. guess I guess he has a franc, but <laughs> short of that, another great Canadian actor. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a great movie. I really, really it. It's love a comfort it. movie as Makes, well. I don't find it comforting though. <laughs> no, like it's not my comfort movie, but it is like a comfort movie for a lot of people because it has a certain, you know, when you see a Nostalgia movie, for a lot of people. there's a, a feel, an aesthetic, a vibe that you get from it's it that makes you feel like point. a warm hug. It's a yearly touch point for some people. The way you watching a Christmas movie or a movie that you watch every year. Jaws, for example. In the summer. In the summer, that is our go-to as a family. Watching Jaws should not make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. And, and make yet you, it does. And make you want to go swimming. Yet it does. It does for our family because we've watched it every freaking summer. We know that that's not a real shark eating those people. Yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, we know. We know the shark is, is uh, dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yeah. real. Um, but yeah, right. I think so that's it for playing next, train. Next John Candy moment. What is the next John Candy moment? Is it like, is it we me? have our theory. Okay. This is another, this this one is one that I absolutely adore. I think out of the three heart. that we discussed today, I think this might be my favorite. Yes, I haven't seen too. this in like 10 years, so I need to rewatch it. It's that's, been so long. That's a travesty. Yeah, okay. it is. We're talking about Uncle Buck. <laughs> Hello. Shanice? Honey? Honey, I have some bad news. Well, I guess. You are not coming into work in the morning. Just let... He, no, but... You don't... Would you just... Let me... Give me... Let me get... Let me get... You're not... Give me a... Oh. Goodbye. So Uncle Buck is, uh, it, it's a great movie. Again, anything John Candy in, is in is pretty much guaranteed to be pretty damn good. Um, but Uncle Buck is particularly soft and sweet. It's just 
basically, uh, it's like if Del Griffith uh, was your uncle and was coming home to watch your kids. Basically, you're in a bit of a conundrum. Your father's had a heart attack. Your kids are at home. You got to get across, you know, state or whatever, however how they got to get through to go and, and be with them in the hospital. But you can't take the kids with you. Kids got to go to school. And also a teenage daughter. Also a teenage daughter. Who are we going to ask? I guess you're going to have to ask your husband's brother. Despite not wanting to. And Uncle Buck comes. We don't really trust him. Uncle Buck. We're estranged. Wildly untrustworthy, I would argue, as well. So, um, that... And I'm, I'm going to get into I disagree. I think he tries to be trustworthy. So He's this just is, not lucky at it. This is in the Reddit group on fan theories. Mm-hmm. Uh, given by the user Triptical Orbits. I think I'm saying that right. Tripti That's how I've been saying it. Cryptical. Okay. So I think basically, it's supposed to be like cryptical, but like. Oh, okay. But with a T. All right. So Uncle Buck. So the theory is heavily inspired by the theory that Buck may have actually. Did you just been say the theory is inspired by the theory? By another theory. <laughs> another theory. Um, but I don't know. It, it doesn't really posit what that other theory is. Um, cryptical. You you didn't really give me a lot of info here. So the proposal basically is that Buck may have been a member of the mob and that he may have worked as an enforcer. So John Hughes even said in an interview regarding a scene where Buck is about to go to the racetrack and he just kind of realizes that that's kind of irresponsible. He's, he's got to have to Because he wants to bring the niece and nephew with him his, and then he's like, huh, maybe I shouldn't do that. doing a bed and he's worried about this. Yeah, it, it's a question really about the safety of his niece and nephew all of a sudden. Because if it was just going to a racetrack, that's not necessarily a completely un- impossible thing to do, right? It's it doesn't seem good to take kids to a place where there's gambling, though. That's, I think, more of the issue. Like, uh, okay. Well. Like, if you're babysitting a six-year-old, do you take him to the casino? No, you don't. Okay, fine. It's like that. But pretty lights and sounds. <laughs> um, anyway. The idea is that he was going to meet his gangster buddies at this location. In theory, yeah. That's the theory. And that it, it does make a lot of sense because Buck is a very big guy. But he's, he's an six enforcer. Foot two. He's like he's a bodyguard. Three hundred pounds. He's intimidating enough to work as an enforcer. Uh, he even shows multiple times throughout the film that he can easily switch off this kind of lovable goofball yeah. routine. And nice and sweet. It'd be far but more menacing. Like for example, when he picks up the uh, the the hatchet. Remember, and he starts yeah. talking about the hatchet. Yeah, yeah. And he I love that. Hitting the golf and balls. the drill. The drill cracks me up. The golf balls, the drill. All of these are really sinister actions. <laughs> the drill gets me every time. Really sinister actions, right? <laughs> so it's like what Dad did though. When those two friends of mine showed up at the house at eight o'clock, he's like, "I thought they were going to take him." It was like they were on bikes, Dad. What are they going to do? Cut me in half right on the lawn? <laughs> He's like, I thought they were going to take you. They showed up in bikes. So he, he stood at the window and kind of like, remember in the Goofy movie how Roxanne's dad stares at him through the blind? Dad did the equivalent of that through the mudroom window. I, I understand. I like, understand. It's, it, it's that overprotective, like, bear okay. thing that I think it our, also our could have been that. Our father is not a member of the mob, though, but John Candy might be. So the No one will believe dad's theory? in the mob, either. <laughs> you give away all the secrets. The buff also shows that he's a fearsome force when it comes to brawling. Pal is shown with a black eye, and his fear of Buck easily implies that it was from an earlier altercation with this big guy. Buck because also scared of him. soundly beats the crap out of Pooter the Clown, who looked like a pretty big guy himself. So fighting is clearly not unfamiliar to Buck. The fact that he had, sorry, the fact that he had no qualms about tying Buck up 
and imprisoning him inside a trunk of a car. Yeah, but remember, Bug is also seems like a bit of a sleazy guy after the teenage niece. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, but most people don't do that. Even if they're just like that's that's crazy. Ugly protective element. people do. Crazy, sure. Um, if Dad was a little more unhinged, he would have done more to those friends. It, it, also, ex- it also explains why, like, for a lot of reasons, there's no reason why he's completely estranged from the family. But it would make sense why he would be estranged, estranged if that was the reason why. Why they don't trust him. Why they don't want him around. That makes sense to me. So, what do you think of the theory? I think it works. But I also think After that... After just spoke for 20 minutes about, oh, he's a lovable teddy bear. But he could also be part of the mob. I think it works because there are connections there. You know, he's estranged from the family. He does things that are not the best mm-hmm. uh, when considering his situation. But at the end of the day, there's also scenes like he has a girlfriend and, like, he's, you know, trying to just that he's, establish... That he's not committed well to. yeah. And she she wants him to have a, a sing- he, he acts like a single guy, but he's also she wants she wants him to have like a steady job and like I can help you with it. No, I don't want that. Why does he sound like Joe Pesci all of a sudden in freaking like Goodfellas? Excuse me. Uh are you talking about another adorable legend? Why are you doing that voice? John Kenny would never make that voice. Mm. I think for me, John Candy will always be the guy who is in the polka, like the polka, polka king of the Midwest. Polka, polka. He will always be him. Yeah. You know, parents mess up all the time. You know, I left my kid. He left his kid at a funeral once with that body. And you know, didn't yeah, speak. Really, didn't really speak. Didn't yeah. speak for six months. But he, he's getting better. You know. I think, that, I think that like, whole scene is an ad lib too, isn't it? I think so, yeah. yeah. And she, I think she turns around and says, let's not talk anymore, or yeah. let's not talk about this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> After he's gone on and on, it spilled all of their secrets, yeah. scared the shit out of her, made her feel like maybe things could be worse, or he could be scarred for life. Yeah. And then they just want to sit in silence. Yeah, definitely. But I think John Candy does a good job of doing that, like managing being, being very sweet, but saying stuff that's, you know you shouldn't share. Like, being an oversharer. Yeah. Because he does it all the time. Yeah. And, like, you're turning it into he's an enforcer for the mob, but oh. it could just be him oversharing. I don't know. I and think, I do think I that think he, he could just be mob. protective. And just, he has good intentions, but he's doing it the wrong way. Okay. Like, that's why they could be estranged from him anyway. Because he solves stuff with violence, you know? Yeah, like the mob enforcer. Which... No! Some people are just <laughs> aggressive. Anyway... I think it could work. I just don't want it to work because I like Uncle Buck the way he is. He's like a nice guy. Okay. Now, convince me. <sighs> okay. It is time for I'm ready to take down Daisy. Bring it. We're going to be talking about cool runnings. Quite simple, really. I had to win. You see, Doris, I've made winning my whole life. And when you make winning your whole life, you have to keep on winning, no matter what. You understand that? No, I don't understand, coach. You had two gold medals. You had it all. Therese, a gold medal is a wonderful thing. But if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. Now, I... Have you ever seen Cool Runnings? Can, do you want me to tell my three things? No. So, I saw Cool Runnings as a kid. Um, now, it is based on a true story, correct? Am I to tell you? 
No, like I was under the impression that it is. Yes, Whether it, it is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, and that was and I, selling point. That was one of the things that I thought was kind of cool about it, that it was something that really happened. Truth is stranger than fiction. But compared to other John Candy things that I've seen, like Home Alone, Uncle Buck, Clean uh, Trains and Automobiles. I'm not going to be able to convince you then. It felt kind of boring compared. Because he's sounds, not, he's not more, he's a coach. He's not a crazy, goofy guy in the same way that he is with the other ones. The crazy, goofy guys are the bobsled team. Yeah. And so you think it was just a miscast. Where it's like, he's not the right choice no, for it, this. No, it's, it's just... He's grumpy and... and The thing that... It's not even that. I feel like it enthusiasm. shouldn't have been him. It feels like it's not authentic to him. Because John Candy was always the guy that, like I said, you wanted to give him a hug. He seemed like he's a teddy bear even when he says... Even when he says stuff that isn't the best, you still want to give him a hug and you'll love him at the end of the day. Having him be grumpy and sarcastic and stuff like that feels more like a Gene Hackman thing, it's less like a John Candy thing. Yeah. I, or like a Ray Romano thing. No, not even Ray Romano. Oh, I'm thinking me. like Gene Hackman. <laughs> um, something that I find really interesting. Or even James Caan. That could, that's more the like grumpy, sarcastic thing. Like, I think James Caan and Elf. He could totally been their coach in Cool Runnings. In Elf? Not Alf. Elf. 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 I'm saying Elf. Why are you having a problem? Elf is an alien. Elf is Will Ferrell. I feel like we said Elf like ten times now. Elf. Okay. Elf? Okay. Is this like when I used to say orange as a kid because I grew up around British people and not orange? Because it sounds the same in my head. Um, Elf. Okay, so we're, we're going to move on. Sorry. Um, there is a, a moment at the beginning of Cool Runnings that I think is very much worth mentioning. I find it so funny, and it's right up your alleyway. And it's when they're doing, like, a briefing where he's just, like, introducing bobsledding. Because they just, a lot of them just want to leave the island, whichever way it, it, it can be. And they want to, to, to leave Jamaica, because they are the Jamaican bobsled team. That's, that's the whole goal. And I love... The scene where he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'll I'll do a, a slideshow," and and he comes in begrudgingly. He doesn't really want to be there, so it's shocking that he showed up. And he plays a reel of accidents on the bobsled. He's like, "Oh yeah," he says, and that's something I, I forgot to mention. When you 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 don't crash on a bobsled, he says, or or, or no no, that's not what he says. He says, uh, "Your bones don't break when you crash on a bobsled. No no, they they shatter." Yeah, and and like his just whole persona is just like oh, and you know here's some great and it's like people being taken out on stretchers, possible all deaths, of the, all of the bad sides, all the worst possible, so that things. none of them want to do it. Yeah, and then he turns around and he goes, okay, any questions? And there's nobody in the hole, like they've all left at this point. That I think is one of the funnier moments, and it's right near the beginning. But I, for some reason, I it tickles me so much that particular scene. What what I find is you're you're absolutely right, and and if that's why you don't like it, you feel like John Candy is being miscast. You're kind of right about that because he's not fully his authentic. Well, I don't know if it's authentic, but his persona that we know him as and and that we like really really love. But I find it interesting because he's not that because he's playing a real person. Maybe that's more like maybe maybe that is more of who he is as an authentic person and you know what we always see as like a caricature of him is a caricature yeah i i don't know why i i think it was a good cast for that reason but you seem like you're I more get, torn i get what than you're anything saying. else here oh yeah well 
I, I find Are you gonna twist me or am I have I done the shining to no, you again? <laughs> no, no. No, I still think that it's it's a good role for him. But I get what you're saying. I understand what you don't like. And if that's why you don't like it, I can't really do anything. It's about been that. a long time though. Like I watched it when I was like five or six because it was just on the TV. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is based on a true story. It's oh, I so wonder how light. it is. It's so brief and light and fluffy in terms of a true story. It's kind of like that movie. Um, it's just enjoyable. To I watched watch. that when I was a kid as well. What's it called? Ladybugs. Have you seen it? You know him. No idea what you're the, talking about. The actor dad oh, the with soccer, the bulging the eyes. Soccer one. Where he pretends to be a girl on the on the team with all the other girls, and he's a boy. Okay, I don't know the movie, but I know it's about it's, soccer. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. The light feel. But for me, I just, it didn't get me going. Like, I really wasn't invested. Yeah. I watched it, it's, but it's I wouldn't rewatch it. It's, it's that's the like comedy it that adds me. to it, but it, and it's also the fact that it's true. Like, there's a yeah. lot of sports movies that are out there where it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But this is so bizarre, and yet completely 100% true. And that's what's shocking about it. Yeah. That's what's interesting about it. Anyway. I like it, and I don't really know how to sell you on this, because your biggest issue is something that I really can't dissuade <laughs> you from. And John Candy is not playing classic John Candy. He's playing a different type of character. Mm. But I think it's a good... I think it's well suited to him. I, I think it's worth another watch, especially when you're a little bit older, too. It's still light. You get it with, like, fresh eyes? Yeah, it's lighter and fluffier than, than you'd expect, but at the same time, I think he did a good job. I really do. Yeah? I, yeah, I do. I love John Candy, so... Yeah. The man can do no wrong. And on that note... Except in cool things. <laughs> and as a mob enforcer. In yeah. Uncle Buck, apparently. Yeah, a teddy bear mob enforcer. Mm. All right. Give me well, a hug and I'll break you back. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm thoroughly afraid. And uh, I trust no one. All right, have a good week, everyone. <laughs>